Ora, and welcome to another edition of the GeoDorable podcast with your hosts, Chris Morris and Mark Thompson. For more information on this episode, visit the GeoDorable page on Facebook. Hello there, Chris. Hello, Mark, and um, happy Valentine's Day. Ah, <laughs> uh, you shouldn't have. I didn't, or did I? No. No. You didn't at all. Uh, but thank you. Happy Valentine's Day for you too. Did well, and to uh, and to all our listeners. I mean, you know, this is, yeah. and this is how much we love you. Uh, you know, we should be spending time with our wives. Of this, uh, what is it? It's, it's nine twenty-two in the evening. We should be spending time with our wives, but we're not. We're here with you. Well, yeah. I mean, to be fair, after the roses and the chocolates, she said, "That's enough now. Go away." She says that without roses and chocolates, Mark. <laughs> Ah, kind of true. But this is also Valentine because we're just in love with geospatial. Oh my God, that sounds so cheesy. And yet, strangely accurate, Mark. Well, kind of accurate. But this is the podcast if you love geospatial too. Yeah, I like that. If you love geospatial, then you'll listen to Geodorable. God, that's got a nice ring to it. Sure, it does. Um, And yeah, this is the number one podcast in the world. For geospatial. Uh, for I mean, geospatial. Yeah, yeah. For people who love geospatial. Hang on, we might be repeating ourselves. That pause is getting longer and longer, Mark. <laughs> um, but yeah, and we've got lots of news, lots of views, opinions, uh, topics. Mm, all kinds of things, really. It's um, it's a it's a Valentine's smorgasbord. <laughs> sure, of romance. Yes, well, kind of. Kind of. Something like that. Anyway, do you, do you want to um, skip past this slightly uh, embarrassing moment and move on to uh, perhaps the disclaimer, which y- uh, you've become so good at? <laughs> well, thank you. You're making me blush. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, just to disclaim that, um, that this podcast, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are our own, are entirely our own, and uh, not that of our employers or people we work with. No, definitely not. Um, or anyone we're affiliated with. Are, we affi- are you affiliated with anybody? Uh, not yet, but, but when that sponsorship deal comes in... Oh, of course. Um, we will disclaim that our views are not those of Mercedes or Porsche. <laughs> or whoever, which car company is sponsoring us. I mean, I'd take Kia, Hyundai. How precious are we? Uh, I don't know, I might stop at Holden. Oh, okay, okay. Um, Opal GM. But yeah. So, uh, Mark, how's your week been? Uh, it's been good. It's been good. Excellent. How about yours? Yeah, it's been a uh, a, a spatial-filled week, Mark. Has it? Yeah. I attended a workshop um, on the future of geospatial in New Zealand, so, you know, smaller market. But, um, yeah, very good. Yeah, and you decided there was a future? Yeah, oh, very much so. I mean, you know, by the end of it, pretty much the, you know, the only uh, way New Zealand's ever going to survive anything is by geospatial. I mean, that's what we kind of came up with in the end. Ah, that's good to know. It was actually quite, it was good. It was focused all around, you know, the, uh, you know, sustainability, climate change, you know, carbon neutral society and so forth and how GIS has its role to play. I should stop saying GIS because we talk about GIS, but GIS is dead, mate. Well, it is. It's it spatial, loca- spatial analysis and location of data. Oh, I like location intelligence. I love the fact that we don't actually know what to call what we do. <laughs> Makes it very difficult to do your, your elevator pitch. It's like Google Maps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's enough intro. Let's get on with some news. Oh, wow. That's, uh, yeah, a very good idea. 
Spatial News. Now, Chris, you may recall last last week, last podcast anyway, we had the charming Worth and Dennis from Bluefield. We did. That was a great time. I really enjoyed chatting to them. It was, and uh, they have a great product, and they've just made it greater. Oh, fantastic. Uh, it is now com- part of the ArcGIS Online App Store. So yeah, it's in the marketplace. It's in the marketplace. That's the word I was looking for, marketplace. <laughs> um, and yeah, you can now use your named user and your enterprise ArcGIS Online and use Bluefield GIS, which is fantastic because it is a good product. It's it's great, and uh, say so I've used this uh, a little bit, and it's you know it's it's everything that's great about the uh, the app. But you can bring in all your own data from um, your you know, enterprise. Yeah, and it writes to the enterprise as well. Yeah, it's very clever. We sound like the enterprise. We're talking Esri. Um, <laughs> yep, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, so um, if you haven't hit up Bluefield GIS, if you haven't looked at their website. Um, and they'll be more willing, I'm sure, to offer a um, developer subscription as well. Mm. Um, if you wanted to try it out. But yeah, have a look. It is fantastic, and now it's part of the ArcGIS stack. Yep, it's very good. You've got to go and check it out. Okay, um, should we move on to the next news item? Yes. Spatial news. Is our um, producer having problems with the uh, music? Yeah, sorry. All right. Yeah. Um, So just a quick bit here. There's an interesting article um, on dronelife.com. Yes, indeed. And and we we like talking about drones because, um, well, because I want DJI to send me one. But no, we like talking about drones because, well, they're they're kind of become a little bit, I don't know, intrinsic in our our industry, I think. Well, yeah, there is that sound you hear and you go, oh, someone's got a drone, whereas... I don't know, a year ago it used to be, ooh, there's a drone, there's a drone. But now you're just like, oh, someone's got a drone. I hope they're not uh, cameraing me. What's the word? Filming me. Why? What are you doing? Oh, no, no, just, I just just don't like being on camera. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, if, if those, you know, if, if, if you've got a whisper quiet um, Maverick Pro something or other, DJI. DJI uh, do great drones, by the way. They do great drones. Um, if you have one of those, then nobody's going to hear you anyway. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, that's another point. So, um, many people may remember the story in the news, um, news, world news, I guess it was. Yeah, with through. No, Gatwick. Gatwick, sorry. Gatwick Airport in, uh, in the UK was shut down for 36 hours because witnesses, bless their little hearts, kept on thinking they were seeing drones. Yeah, but I think they did appear on the radar as well, didn't they? Or something? You can't see a drone on a radar. I don't know. Something. Anyway. Um, But this interesting article (laughs) is five times it wasn't a drone. Yes, Um, and it it ranges from a range of things. Bats. Plastic bag. um, uh, It was just the plane falling apart. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it's just a little amusing article. Uh, We'll post up on Twitter and our Facebook. So if you want to get in touch, uh, if you want to check up on what's happening, Mm -hmm. uh, they're a good place to check. Yeah, and um, how do you find us anyway, Mark? Uh, just Googled your adorable. It's the easiest yeah, way. yeah, it is actually, isn't it? It's everywhere. Um, but yeah, just, uh, just my geodorable on Twitter and geodorable on Facebook. Yes, come find but us. Just Google us. 
spatial news. Street cred, Chris. I know you've got a lot of it up in uh, <laughs> up in Auckland around uh, your street. Yes, all over it. So um, we we talked about uh, street cred all oh, a number of uh, episodes ago. I can't can't actually think which episode it was. Um, street cred for those who don't remember, it's um, it's trying to build a decentralized marketplace for point of interest data. Um, yeah, so encouraging this... kind of you know crowdsourcing of information. Yeah, it, it's a it's a user pays market. Yeah, if you like, where you could be paid for the data you collect. So instead of running around and giving it to Google. Um, you can just be paid for it and give it to StreetCred. Um, and they have done uh, StreetCred NYC, New York City. And this and was this was a it was a test to see how well it would work. Yeah, yeah, they're still trialing a few places. Yep. And they've done the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. Yep. Um, and now they're doing Austin. Yeah. And so if you're in Austin, and I know we have many uh, users in that. Oh, Chris. Yep. You should do your Austin, Texas accent. <laughs> Hilarious, Mark. Um, have I got one? I don't think I have. I'm, no, I'm just, I can't even get into the spirit of... Put on your Stetson. Yeah, I wish I did have a 10-gallon hat. <laughs> anyway, mm. Mm. Um, so if you're in Austin and you've got some time on your hand and you're thinking, actually, I would like a bit of Bitcoin. Because that, I mean, that's, that's kind of the point, right? Um you get paid in cryptocurrency. Yeah, which is understandable. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they are, they are doing it. So uh, you could go earn some money. So they're saying top performers will receive Bitcoin awards from a prize pool of 15 Bitcoins. And the, the current value is $51,165. Yes, at the time of writing of this. Uh, <laughs> yes. This and the article. top performer would receive two Bitcoins. Yes, with six thousand eight hundred twenty-two US dollars. Yeah, uh, so, so yeah. I mean, it's worth it just for that, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, that's cheaper than a flight to. Uh, that's more, more than a flight to Austin from New Zealand. So you could go do it in your weekend. Yeah, I've got nothing else planned. Let's. Uh, I'll give that a go. Okay. Spatial news. And now more friends of ours, Chris. We have mm -hmm. a lot of good friends, and this is Carto. Yes, interesting enough, um, Carto have, um, well, they have a new CEO. They do, and not that the old one has actually gone anywhere. No, I quite I like mean, this idea, actually. Yeah. So, um, uh, where, where, where should we start, the new or the old? Well, the new one is uh, Lewis Sands. Indeed, I yeah. suspect yeah. there's more to be a bit of a pronunciation on that. Well, we're known for our pronunciation, Mark, so. <laughs> yes, um, and so he is stepping up. So, yeah, he's becoming the Chief Executive Officer, CEO. Yes. And? Well, um, Javier uh, de la Toro. That was good, wasn't it? <laughs> um, he was the old CEO, and yes. he's kind of stepping sideways. Um, and uh, he, he's, he's obviously still going to be involved with the business. Um, yeah, as chief, he, chief Strategy Officer. Yeah, and uh, business development as well, I think. Yeah, so it's interesting sideways. I mean, it's probably um, understandable. You, you have all that energy. Um, and so the Matata are entering a more mature phase. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah. Well, I think one of the amazing things is if you are a CEO and you can go, actually, I think there's somebody going to be better at being a CEO than I am at this moment in time. That's a sign of an awesome CEO in, in my book. Yeah, 
Um, hmm. So I don't know what that's going to mean for Carter. Um, no doubt bigger and better. They have great aspirations. Yeah, indeed. And they're building a good customer base. Yeah. Spatial news. Uh, now, Chris, um, I know you went to a... Oh, no, there's a conference coming up that you're interested in taking your tinfoil hat to to stop the satellite spying on you. Is there? Yes. Tell me more. I'm slightly nervous now because I can't find this in my list of interesting news topics. Uh, that was the um, New Zealand Aerospace Challenge. Ah, oh, okay. Yes, indeed. Sorry. Yeah. Um, which um, is coming up in 2019 in Friday the 8th of March. But that's not the news. Uh, if you are in New Zealand, though, it might be worth checking out in Christchurch. Oh, I thought I, I shared that story with you, Mark, because I thought it might be, you know, from a, from an, uh, an agri kind of business, it might be kind of interesting for you. Okay. Mm. Um, no, but okay. No, there's an agri hackathon coming on on March 16th, 17th, though. Oh, we're definitely going to um, that, right? Ah, uh, kind of. But anyway, um, <laughs> you may remember... Some podcast ago, we talked about geoslavery. Yeah, that was brave of us, wasn't it? It was. And, um, <coughs> excuse me, it's an article here from Mapbox about uh, prioritizing privacy when using location and apps. And this is going to become just more and more of a, um, more and more of an issue, I think. Um, well, I think it's going to have to be legislated as much as I hate legislator. Well, I had a very, uh, a very funny moment. <laughs> Not the people who wrote them. I'm fine no. with them. Okay, good. So, so I had a very funny moment at this uh, GIS workshop that I went to um, on Wednesday, uh, and I was talking to uh, the guy who was uh, leading the workshop, and um, we got round to we were talking a bit about geoethics, um, you know, uh, as you do, and um, I took up my phone and I. I use this story quite often. I, I got a you know a message from Google telling me that I needed to leave right now if I was going to get to a particular location that wasn't in my diary or anything like that. But I had been to that location every single time to go and watch my kids play soccer on a Tuesday after work, yep. and so it reminded me that I needed to go. And um, I was uh, I showed him uh, Google Timeline. Um, so if you don't know Google Timeline, Google. Know, Google did he timeline. know Google Timeline? He didn't know Google Timeline. Oh, good grief. And so I showed him Google this Timeline. This is the future of geospatial in New Zealand. Hang on. I showed him Google Timeline and he was like, huh? And then he looked up Google Timeline on his own phone and it was like watching a man's mind explode. <laughs> it was brilliant. <laughs> right. He doesn't l listen to this podcast. Did you give him well, a podcast? No, no. It, it, was, it wasn't like I'm not, I'm not being critical at all. It was like one of those things, you know, you, you don't come across absolutely everything in, in our industry. Um, you do on this podcast. Well, you do on this podcast. And, because and we are number one for a reason. Do you know what, what I will say is this podcast has been absolutely brilliant for my podcasting general, so my geospatial general knowledge. <laughs> it is. Um, but back to this news topic. Um, but, well, back to this news topic. But, you know, something like Google Timeline that records everything that you up yeah, to. Yeah, which is fine yeah. because it's a personal relationship. If they're selling that data mm -hmm. without obeying some of these, um, let's just call them good behaviors. Yeah. Um, that that you really need to think about. So de-identification, anonymization, fuzzy and aggregation, uh, standardization, encryption, access control, and giving users the choice. Really, really good important points that we often forget about. 
Yeah, totally, and, and simple enough. There's only five things to think about. There's more, yeah. but those five principles, I think, are pretty good. Yeah, and one of them is, did uh, the guiding one is, did the user give you the permission to use their location in the way you're going to use it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Something I think for all of us to think about. It is. Mm. Um, especially if now with some of like Survey123, etc., you can easily do a form that captures location without the user even saying yes. Sure. Hmm. Okay. Spatial news. Now, this is super big news, Chris. Uh, you mean ArcGIS Pro 2.3 is here? Oh, yes. Mark? After we had to uninstall 2.2. Oh, Because yeah. we had a security bug. Um, 2.3 is here, and uh, the best thing about it is it does reports like it did in the 80s. I know. That's crazy, isn't it? How long have we waited for reporting? Well, not long, um, because other reporting engines are well, out there. Well, sure, sure, but, you know. <laughs> and uh, if you're a Geocortex user, you'll be going, really? Um, True. But anyway, let's skip reports, because it's not the 80s anymore. Dimensions, Chris. Woohoo! Well, come on, I, th I think the most exciting thing, and it's a weird thing, the most exciting thing is you can now start Arc Pro without having to create oh, a project first. the good stuff. Oh, but it is the good stuff. Come on, it's the th it, this is what people listen to, the good stuff. The, the good stuff. Finally, you don't have to start with a template and have thousands of, of testing one, testing two, testing threes mm. in your personal drive. I don't use... Arc Pro, well, I don't use GIS anywhere near enough these days, but yeah, I'm up to like 15 or 16. Just, is that all? Well, as I say, I don't use it enough. You don't use it much. It just is, you like, I just want to whack this data together yep. and and have a have a look and then get out. And I don't want any record that I've ever done it. Yep. And now you can do it. Finally. Finally. It's good to know, Ezra. Listen, what else is there? There's 3D tools. There's deep learning tool set. Mm. Well, you've got to have a bit of deep learning, haven't you? Yeah, um, I might actually go play with this one um, because the Im imagery analysis has um, got better in object detection. Yep. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, we'll post some links to it, um, install it, because, you know, you should, what else are you going to do? Editing, tool, editing tools are better. Divide, fill it, generalize, polygon, split. I mean, you know, these are things that... That you would have expected it to have already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, it's a step forward, so that's all good. Spatial news. Now, Chris, we were speaking of the 80s, and one of the things that we feared most in the 80s, is, as children of the 80s, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. was nuclear holocaust. Oh, did you ever watch The Snowman? Uh, no, I don't know about The Snowman. What was the other one? Oh, I mean the other one. Sorry, it was the same author, wasn't it? So there's a few. Mm, anyway. Just going, basically, the only thing that's going to be left of you is a shadow. Now, the reason we're talking about this is actually because I was listening to another podcast um, about... <laughs> podcasts are available. Yeah, they are. About, you know, there was the whole duck, duck and cover. Do you remember that? If there's a nuclear explosion, duck and cover. No. Oh, we... That. It was just, just, just grab your ankles and... Kiss yeah. your ass goodbye. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So, nuclear war, bad. Um, but. <laughs> war, overall, bad. Yes, bad. Nuclear war, badder. Um, but anyway, this podcast, they uh, they talked about this thing called Nuke Map. 
Right. What um, is NukeMap? Well, NukeMap, this is awesome and so much fun if you're kind of uh, a boy who, you know, just excited by this kind of stuff. Or a girl, I'm not being, you know, I'm just, you know. Anyway, and what you can do if with NukeMap. mass destruction is your thing. Yeah, you know. So you can, you can type in an address and it'll take you to an address. <laughs> and then you can choose your yield in kilotons <laughs> or you can choose a preset bomb. Yeah. Um, and then you spend the next 20 minutes Wikipediaing that. Bomb. You do, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with... Um, I'm going to go with a Trident Warhead. Ooh. Um, yeah, originally from the UK. We have Tridents. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to blow up... An area. I'm just... Yeah, it was just a sudden sudden moment of... Anyway. Uh, <laughs> and boom. It's And it's so good because it calculates the... Um, <laughs> Remembering nuclear war badder. Yes, nuclear war bad. Yeah, and it calculates calculates your casualties and your radioactive fallout and so forth. Uh, and I just like it because <laughs> because it's quite interesting. You've always wanted to be president, but never actually got there. And oh, can you being imagine? a foreigner, can you um, imagine? Yeah. So the um, does this wonderful thing. It's not quite based on three um, D topography. No, no. Um, which would would be an improvement because I, I detonated over my hometown, and um, there's hill ranges, but it still managed to get people in the cities a couple of hours away. Well, so um, just Google nuke map and you'll find it. But we were googling nuke map and we found it, and then we found another one, um, uh, which is kind of it, it, it's gone crazy when it comes to um, visualization. I think. <laughs> Don't you reckon? No, it's shown you that um, visualization is a key aspect of spatial analysis. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, yes. Yeah, so, so, it's quite scientific. Yes, much more, I, I think. It, yeah. It, it's, it's a bit more geekery. Whereas the other one? Uh, which is uh, Mapbox. This is Mapbox again. Yeah. They, I mean, they cover so many things, don't they, Mapbox? Ethics and nuclear detect. Yeah, well, you know, anyway, it's, it's, it, mm. it does fantastic visualization. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you if you you know it's a bit wet or you've got nothing to do at work, um, try detonating things over your city. Yeah, why not? I mean, yeah, it's uh, <sighs> something to do. God, yes. I love Valentine's Day. You know, <laughs> spatial news. Now, Chris, we keep referring to previous podcasts, and in one of those previous podcasts, we talked about the flying taco. Oh, I thought it was burrito. Burrito, sorry, yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure many Spanish foods are available. But this was a company set up that could uh, fly your burrito out to you in the outback of Australia. Um, I mean, yeah. other, other drones were delivering blood across Africa and stuff, but in Australia, burritos are the main uh, the main need. Um, but anyway, building on from that, uh, Israeli drone provider, mm-hmm. Aerobotics, Mm-hmm. Um, have secured the first ever approval by Australia's Civil Aviation Safety Authority to operate dr- drones beyond visual line of sight. Yep. Or BVLOS, as no one's calling it. <laughs> um, and so that's quite a step forward. Uh, Advanced Australia Fair and all that. Uh, what, what are they delivering? Um, it is... Or is it just, just they can deliver anything? Yeah. Oh, okay. So have we moved on from burritos or not? 
Uh, we have. Okay. Um, it's more equipment than that. So empowering uh, uh, on, what do you say, mining operations and technical mm. things like that. I mean, you know, it's it's step by step we are seeing that, um, yeah, drones are, are going to become just a simple part of life. Yeah, but it also makes me think back to the burrito story. Were they just standing on the roof of the burrito shack <laughs> to try and fly them out? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know either. I wonder if that's still going. Who knows? If you're an Australian and uh, you still aren't, you're still getting a burrito <laughs> delivered by by drone, let us know. That'd be great. Mm. Spatial news. Um, and seeing it's uh, Valentine's, Esri just a giving and giving, Chris. They're wooing. I like this. <laughs> uh, so if you're a developer, they have begun giving you. Free plans for ArcGIS for beginners, mm. which is which is a fantastic thing. Um, yeah, it it is. Um, well, the reason it's a fantastic thing, and uh, you know, it's so in New Zealand at the moment there is a bit of a shortage of GIS developers. Yes, and part of that shortage is that people don't realise how I wouldn't say easy it is, but it's it's just another API. Mm. There's a little bit of kind of. GIE, you know. Yeah, but there's old hats like you and me in the business who can yeah, sure, sure. steer them in the right direction. Yep. Um, so, you know, I actually think that, you know, uh, Esri offering these free plans for beginners is is a really good thing because if it, anything that, you know, as far as I'm concerned, anything that encourages people to um, become geospatial developers is a good thing. Yeah, and if you're, I think it's more aimed at the hacker as well. Yeah, sure. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, instead of building something in um, uh, some other <laughs> API. Have a go at an Esri, Esri API. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And um, that's how we're ending the news, Mark. It is. Lots of free stuff. Yeah, which is which is always nice. Um, yeah. Hmm. And uh, now we're going to do Topic of the Week. Sure. Topic of the Week. Now, Chris, GPSs. Should I set the scene, Mark, and then you can kind of rip me apart halfway through while I try to? Um, sure. I mean, yeah, you, you can explain to the listeners your random thoughts. Okay, so... Um, I was at work. It often happens. <laughs> and, at least uh, 40 hours a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, oh, I was approached... Let's be honest. Yeah, true, true. Long night, long night chance. And I was approached by a client, and... Um, uh, the topic got on to the accuracy of GPS. Um, and when I say GPS... I, GPS I, devices. Yeah, yeah. Your average kind of smartphone. Um, yeah. And, you know, we, we started talking about the accuracy level and the uh, the issues with um, multipath and, and those kind of, of, of things. Reflection. Yeah. And um, it got me to thinking really about you know, the, the concept of how accurate is accurate enough. And obviously, that's kind of becoming, uh, you know, it's it's kind of job dependent or you know task dependent, but um, uh, and cost dependent. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. Um, but what I um, I started doing a bit of research, and um, I remember a story from oh, about a year ago, twelve months ago, maybe a little bit more, eighteen months ago. Um, Broadcom, who build a lot of um, uh, chips for for yeah. phones and components. They released uh, a new GPS chip that was 
dual band frequency well, revo- or dual revolutionary frequency. really it, it was yes um, so and what it meant work? what does that mean Chris? well well basically what it means is that um, uh, it was uh, it was dual frequency meaning that it was kind of listening listening for um, frequencies from you know the the GNS satellites GNSS satellites um, on L1 and L5 dual frequency exciting huh um, but what it basically means was that uh, you would be far more accurate accurate um, something like 10 centimeter accuracy from well, a standard smartphone was possible was possible not, not guaranteed not but possible guaranteed. yeah yeah, and so what was what was the well? Point so you, I, I suddenly started thinking, you know, well, at the moment, you know, five to ten meters with a good following wind from your your kind of you know, your standard G, you know, GPS. Um, if you're getting down to ten centimeters, what does that actually mean for our industry, and how does it open up the market to lots of new kind of um, opportunities that the accuracy provides. So it's all about the accuracy that yeah. provides the opportunities. Well, I'd, I'd push it greater than our industry because our industry is actually limiting. Um, yeah, sure. Because okay. <laughs> um, of its lack of innovation. But it, it actually allows other industries to start taking location more seriously. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, that, yeah, you can actually start building your app to go which window are you standing outside of for a shop which side of the street am i on yeah and that sort of thing um so yeah the potential is massive um i mean i'd just like to see it used on strava so i don't get five different recordings of the Uh, (laughs) measurements of the same same track that i write every time well, I mean, since you so you were you were out on your mountain bike before um, this podcast, then you do you take your phone? Yes, I do. So you, you know, you take your phone; it records your track. And you know, if you were completely uh, you know focused on exactly how far you were traveling, then something that gives you much more accuracy would would provide you with much better and well, would, clearer detail. It would allow you also to pick up where you're losing time. Mm. Um, but as yeah, as I said, the main thing is to to um, to go, well, actually, from here to here is exactly this distance, rather than, oh, look, you were 10 seconds faster. Yep. Or because you did less distance, or something like that, anyway. Um, so, yeah, so, Chris, we have this wonderful chip. Yep. And that's where the silence is. Well, yeah, you're, you're entirely right. So, um, the this new chip... Okay, so it's the Broadcom, and it's not new, sorry, it came out about 18 months ago, but the, the it Broadcom... Came out actually almost, yeah, I say 18 months ago, it was actually in 2017, this yep. thing was starting to be trialled and it was commercially available in March 2018. Uh, so if you... Uh, two phones yeah, had it. Yeah, so if you Google the, the Broadcom BCM47755, <laughs> I know, it, it doesn't exactly roll off the tongue, but the BCM47755... That's the new chip, right? And it came out 18 months ago, and since then, it's appeared in one phone. Two. Two? What's the second one? So uh, there's the um, Xiaomi, Xiaomi. Yeah, and the um, Mi8. That's the same phone. Is it? No, there's two of them when we Googled them. Anyway. No, Xiaomi is the brand. The M8 is the no, model. We, I Googled this. Anyway. Yeah, carry on. One phone. Nor Mark. He doesn't know. Uh, it's in one phone, the this Xiaomi Mi8, um, and that's it. 
And, and you know, it's not in the latest uh, Google Pixel phone. It's not in the latest uh, iPhone X, 10, whatever it's called. Um, you know, it, it just hasn't seemed to have found the market that you would expect. It's not in, um, you know, it's not in devices by Trimble. It's not in devices by Garmin. Um, and so you've got this revolutionary chip. It's low power. It does everything that current GPS chips do, but it just doesn't seem to be being used. Uh, and that really got me to start, you know, why is that? Is it because within an industry, location or, you know, accuracy of location isn't thought of highly enough? Um, or that it only works on GNSS um, GPS network. No, it doesn't. So, so it works on... So, GNSS, the you know global navigation satellite system, I think that's right. And then you've got kind of the GPS that we all think about, and then you've got Glasnos, which is the Russian version of GPS, and you've got Galileo, which is the European version of GPS, and there's the Chinese version of GPS, and it works across all of those. Um, okay then. Yeah, this 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 is why I find it so strange. It's a chip that works across all of the different GNSS networks. It provides 10 centimeter accuracy thereabouts, you know, at least definitely under half a meter. Um, and yet it hasn't been picked up and used everywhere. And I find that a very strange situation to be in. And the only reason I think we're in that situation is because the, you know, the mobile phone industry or the you know, electronics industry isn't recognizing how important accuracy of location could be. Yeah. Um or it could just be all political. Could and, be. Uh, could no be. Maybe the chip's real expensive. I don't know. But Apple, um, Apple Google, Samsung all, all have their uh, their GPS trips logged up. Maybe. Apart from Broadcom, it, is, it already makes GPS chips that I know, but are in those phones. I don't so, know. So, yeah. so w what are we saying here? I think there's a conspiracy led by the <laughs> Russian do to, government. Do I have to, to put no. a disclaimer again here? No, no, no. I, I, no, it's. I, I don't know. I honestly, I don't know. I, th I think there is a failure of, you know, some of those larger tech firms to recognise how important location could be. You know, one, if you were getting regularly getting ten centimetre accuracy or even half a metre accuracy, the stuff you could do with location far exceeds what you can do now in, in in my opinion maybe i'm wrong but um you know the fact that you could start to see whether a device was on one side of a road on the footpath or on the road you know um i, th I think as as real opportunities you know the you could get a text message when you walk past a particular shop because it knows you've walked past the particular yeah, shop i might not want that since when <laughs> does that matter what you want <laughs> yeah um, you know, surveying, you know, I, I, well, I don't I think, know. I think that's where the the benefit comes in, in the cost reduction. Um, if you can, you know, let's say oh, we're not getting 10 centimetre, we're getting one metre. That's still pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's go with that. Um, because it's just better than what we've got at the moment, which is five to 10 metres on a good day. Yep. But but it hasn't been picked up. This is the thing, Mark. It hasn't been picked up. Yes. Why? I Why? Don't, I don't know. Tell me, Mark. Tell me. I, I, I just think that, you know, how important is location? Does it open up an entirely 
I was going to say entirely new. Maybe it does. I think it opens up a new market for location that enables us to do more than we can currently do because of the lack of location. Sure. All right. <laughs> no, I, I need I need more. Like I need more. I, well, not being a uh, a um, mobile phone manufacturer, <laughs> I can't actually provide you with the reasons. I and mean, it sounds great. Hmm. Do you think, um, from from a consumer perspective, you know, I I, I think yeah, you know, if firms could sell to the consumers better, more effectively than they would, it's whether the consumer would want that. And maybe this gets back to the whole, you know, the ethics of location and perhaps Well, no, it doesn't bring any more ethics of location. Second? It doesn't bring any more ethics of location. The same ethics still need to apply. The difference between, fine, you know... Well, they, they do apart from currently because GPS location, as an example, isn't that accurate. You have a, you have a built-in fuzziness, right? Kind of, but, yeah. But now you could actually go, Mark, you were standing next to Chris or whoever. You know, yeah. whereas you can't do that now, but you know, you could in the future. Think about indoor mapping, but you know, or, or you know, opportunities being able to actually see how people are moving with a high degree of accuracy through a through a shopping mall or, you know, at a at an outdoor stadium or something. I just yes. think there are so many opportunities that I'm really surprised that the chip hasn't been put, picked up, you know, and run with, so to speak. <laughs> well, I can't answer that, Chris. Well, maybe a listener can, or listeners. You know, if if um, if you would work for Broadcom, and I'm I'm sure they're listening. Um, it's very popular amongst amongst uh, yeah component manufacturers. Um, yeah, why is it that the chip hasn't been taken up more widely? Sure, and and how you know again you know if if you've got any ideas about how location or the more accurate location um, could be used in our industry, then yeah, very interested to hear that as well. Um, yeah, I think that would be the uh, most interesting one. Mm. Um, but I think most of it's already set up to use a more accurate, accurate, um, accurate chip. Okay, Mark. So I've got one last question. Okay. So, if I've got a warp field, am I travelling in a straight line or not? Uh, you're talking about Star Trek? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, Chris. Oh, you've done some research. I have. We, we had this conversation about how do you know where you are in space and how does the Starship Enterprise boldly go where no one's gone before? Um, if it can't navigate off things. Mm. Um, and I did, did some research on this and got some very deep and geeky um, information. But basically, the warp drive spins space around the uh, Enterprise. It doesn't navigate through it. So you're not traveling through space. Space is traveling around you. I mean, this podcast, is, it's full of useful information. It is, but someone's going to correct me on that because that, that's a very layman term. Um, do you know if we actually uh, yeah start tweeting that we've spoken about Star Trek, we'll probably like you know quadruple our uh, listenership. <laughs> hmm. Maybe, um, but yeah, 
I mean, again, if anyone wants to get in touch about that and, and correct us and help us understand how the enterprise goes when no man's gone before. Oh, man. man being generic there. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, as long as they're wearing one of those skirts that <laughs> don't seem appropriate for space travel. Um, Who knows? Yeah. Well, Mark... Um, that was our topic of the week. Um, I'm I'm going to come back to this topic time and time again because it it confounds me, as you may have heard. Um, what else have we got to say? Is that it? Are we? Are we... Is that it? Yeah, is that it? Uh, I think it probably is, isn't it? Um, it's pretty close to it. Okay. Well, uh, for topic of the week, that is. Yep. Yep, and we'll have a quick game of export to shapefile, shall we? <sighs> Have oh, done this man. for a while? I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, okay, well, I'm going to have to prepare myself. I'm feeling unprepared, Mark. <laughs> what, what could be unprepared about export to ship file? Oh, many things, many things. Okay, well, give me a second just to... I, I just need to... Oh, come on. Sorry, I just need this to get the into the, the mood. Like, you know, I wasn't expecting it... Um, so, Export to Shapefile is a great game where you navigate around the ArcGIS toolbox, mm-hmm. uh, trying to manoeuvre each other, uh, manoeuvre your opponent into um, less and less choices until they finally have only one tool left available to them, and that is the most basic of all tools, which is Export to Shapefile. Because you all know Shapefile is the solution to all your problems. Okay, Mark, that was a lousy explanation. I'm ready. We're just going to go for it. Okay. Okay. Uh, shall hang I on, hang you? on, hang on. Well, we need the we need the music, Mark. All I right. can't do this without the music. Export to shapefile. Okay, you're in the zone. <clears throat> I'm getting there. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, am I serving or are you? Uh, I'll serve. Okay. 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 Okay, uh, I will start off with a nice easy lob for you uh, from the Data Management Toolbox Compact. Okay, well, um, I'm coming right back at you with um, Change Terrain Reference Scale 3D Analyst Toolbox. Nice. Quite aggressive. It is quite aggressive. I'm going to keep passive and go Define Projection. Ooh, defensive move, defensive move. Um... I'm going going to keep up the pressure, mate. Uh, Last multipoint. Again, 3D analyst. I'm worrying that you're going to burst a vein here, Chris. You're trying too hard. I'm in the zone. Um, Here, feature compare from data management yet again. Oh, feature compare. Um, That's that's nothing. That literally is a nothing move, Mark. Yeah, but I can hear you gasping for breath already. So. No, 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 no. I'm straight back to it. Um, slice. 3D analyst. I've got three Ooh. 3D analysts in a row. This is getting pretty close to a Redland Slam. Yeah, that is. That's quite an aggressive start for someone who's that rusty. Uh, I'll lob you back a rotate. <laughs> rotate. What, what is this with you in the data management? Are you just you're just stuck in the data management toolbox? Have you not got any others? Just toying with you. Well, you've left me no choice. Redland Slam time coming up. Um, Times, again, from the 3D analyst. That's four in a row, 3D analyst. That kind of knocks you out. Well, not really. Um, Oh, come on. Because of the mobile toolbox. 
create mobile cache tool. Ooh, you didn't see that coming. I didn't, but I feel no, didn't. I didn't, but I feel as though I can I can backhand it away with um, a simple ad field. To be honest, ooh, ooh you're talking about taking it easy. Uh, that's that's the sign of a man who's run out of energy. Spatial analyst ISO cluster. Oh, I love a good ISO cluster. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> jam straight down your throat. It's nice move. I'm, I'll, I'll grant you. Um, I'm quite expecting you to go there after mobile toolbox. I thought you'd. Well, mm, uh, make graft. Make graft. <laughs> graft. So yeah, hard work, mate. Hard work. Yeah, um, yeah. It's almost a foul. Hey, um, look, making up, making up tools or mispronouncing. <laughs> I mean, that's um, that's pretty low. Well, yeah. But it, so, so you know, if you're following at home, data management, a great blocking tool set. It is. Uh, I'm going to go for weighted sum from the spatial analyst. Well, music suddenly stopped. I'm a bit nervous. Perhaps it knew more than I did. Um, Add field. Hmm. Okay. Um. I have actually backed myself into a corner. Uh, and I'm with the export to shape file. <laughs> what? Wow. Is that egg on my face? <laughs> I, I, well, I think I think you didn't realise quite how important the Redland Slam was. I mean, that four four three D analyst toolbox tools in a row. Yeah, I probably toyed with you a bit too long. Ah, mm. oh, that's 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 a that's a poor ending to actually. Yeah, you were on the back foot. Considering how unready I was for that, I'm pretty pleased with my uh, uh, my performance. Yeah, no, but this is like in, coaching the boys in cricket. And you're going, look, they didn't get the wicket. You gave them your wicket. And that's what I've done to you, Chris. I have given you my wicket. So that's just on the... Valentine's Day. Well, on, the, on the cricket story, my, uh, my, my two boys, they both play cricket. They had a stand-up face-to-face row in the middle of the, um, <laughs> the wicket, um, shouting at each other about who would run who out. <laughs> And the the uh, the umpire had to come on and separate them, and tell them to get on with the game. Were you filming this for the twenty? No, I no no. Um, <laughs> but very funny. That's brothers for you, eh? It is, um, and yeah. <laughs> well, Mark, this has been fun. It is. On that note, that yeah, amusing uh, anecdote. Indeed. Um, um, yeah, that was export to Shepfold, and that was a great podcast. And thank you again for listening. Yeah, and uh, for those who are just starting their Valentines, um, oh, by the time you're listening to this, it's all over. Well, but yeah, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. Going to be, if 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 you're listening to this, it's an opportunity to think. Oops, I forgot Valentines, and then work out that's how you're right. Dig yourself out of this one. If your partner isn't talking to you and you don't know why, <laughs> we've just helped you out there. Just check the date. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, flowers <laughs> or chocolates. Flowers. There's uh, no insinuation about weight. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye. Catch you the next time. <laughs>